Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, I want to speak to you this morning something that I've entitled Legacy Living. Legacy Living. And... uh, To me, this is something that has really gripped my heart in the last period as I've just been reflecting on this. Everywhere I've been going, I've been hearing this word, legacy. It's just been everywhere. I went to South Africa. I was hearing it there. As I've gone around Australia, I'm just hearing it everywhere. I turn on the TV. I'm just hearing it, this word legacy. And the reason why I'm hearing it is because I believe that God is on about it. God is on about you and I living a legacy life. A life that is so much more than just about ourselves. A life that has impact beyond just us. A life that will resonate into the future. I don't know about you, but I want to live that kind of life. I want to live a legacy life. A life that is good. A life that is great. And a life that is God. I want to live a, leave a legacy that is good, great, and God. Is there anyone here this morning that says, I want to do that kind of thing? God wants you to live a good, great, godly life. You know, legacy in its simplest, simplest form is simply this. It's something that's handed down from one person to another. It's something that you leave behind. And I don't know if it's the fact that I turned 50 last year that I began to think about some of these things. But as I reflected on what I want this next chapter of my life to be about, it certainly has been something that has set strongly within me that I want to leave a great legacy. I want to leave something that is going to impact. And so it's wonderful that Dan's able to be up here and in a sense to intro me because I think, you know what, there's a legacy that he inherited but there's also a legacy that he's forging (laughs) and there's a legacy that he's going to leave and that applies to everyone. It's got nothing to do with age. It's got nothing to do with where you are in life. It's got all to do with the fact that each and every one of us, whether we've been saved one minute or 50 years, whether you're 16 or 60, God wants you to live a legacy life. He wants you to leave a legacy that is good, God and great and legacies take time and it has to start today. You know, when I was uh, thinking about this concept of legacy, I realized that there were a few things about a legacy. We all receive a legacy from those that have gone before us. Every one of us have received a legacy. Some of those legacies have been good. Some of them have not been so great. I grew up and I had the opportunity to go home and spend some time with my dad, who's got Parkinson's, and so obviously it's not a great condition, and, and he's not a believer, But there's certain things about who I am that is part of my legacy that's due to him. When it comes to my faith, well, my dad's not a Christian, so that's not a legacy that I actually inherit from him. But there's a legacy that I was able to forge and stand on the legacy of others that came into my world and life that enabled me now to actually in turn set a legacy for those that follow me, including my kids, that they in turn would now have a different legacy to the legacy that I had. You see, we all inherit a legacy. But the other thing is is that we we all leave and gift a legacy to those that follow. 
Those that come behind us, and every one of us has people that follow. You don't have to stand on a platform to have a legacy. Your platform is the world out there. Your platform is your life. Your platform is the world in which you find yourself, your spheres of influence. And you can have a legacy impact that you can gift to others. That you can give to others. It will be you. It will reflect you. It will reflect your personality. But there's a legacy that God wants us to leave and gift. Do you know that we can create a legacy that can either help or hinder the next generation? The way you live your life can either help or hinder your kids. I want you to hear that. Parents, the way you live your life can either help or hinder the legacy of your kids. I take that seriously. I think as a parent, who, as I say, who didn't grow up in a church family and those kind of things, I realized that it was in my generation, in my day, under my watch, that something had to change. There had to be a difference. Some things needed to be different. I could not just continue to do what had been done. I couldn't hide behind the fact of, well, this is just the family I grew up in. This is just how my dad treated me. This is just how my mom treated me. I said, no, today it changes. There's a new legacy that we're forging. There's a new thing that we're setting in place. And I want to ensure that what we do and put in place is going to help them, not hinder them. Parents, hear what I'm saying this morning. How you live your life can either help or hinder the next generation. You know, it's all very well, Dan and the incredible team. I was here on Friday night just watching what they were doing. And I think, man, what an amazing job these young people are doing and just pressing on. And they're talking about what do you see in the vision, all that kind of thing. But you know what? They can be shouting that till they're blue in the face. But if those kids are going home to homes where there's people sitting in this auditorium this morning and you're actually hindering their growth in God, you're not building legacy. You're not building legacy. We need to get on the same page. We need to understand that this isn't just about us anymore. Oh, it's too inconvenient to take my kids to youth because, you know, I'm tired. I've had a long week. What? (laughs) Are you insane? And then you're looking at why certain kids are powering ahead and going on. It's because their parents have got the fact that they want to help a legacy. They want to build a legacy. They don't want to hinder a legacy. And if it means that I've got to get up after a hard day's work and take my kids to youth and come out in the cold of winter and come and fetch them again, it's about helping build a legacy. Let's take our eyes off ourselves. And let's get passionate about the the greater impact that we can have. You see, it's as practical as that. It's as practical as that. Helping build a legacy. What we do today determines the legacy that we do tomorrow. And we're called to live a legacy and lead a legacy. Each and every one of us. So legacy is about putting in place today what's needed for tomorrow. If you can't see tomorrow, you're going to find it hard to lead a legacy life. You're just going to survive from one day to the next. And and unfortunately, after 30 years in ministry, I've seen many people that just live that way. They live in a survival mode. They're just about kind of surviving from one crisis to the next, one event to the next, one year to the next. And I think God never intended you to live that way. He wants you to live with big dreams. He wants you to live with that legacy inside that He created you to live. He wants you to understand that there's so much more than just the here and now. 
And when you get that, you'll begin to live a whole lot differently to how you've lived. You know, the ultimate example of legacy is Jesus himself. When Jesus went to that cross, he didn't put his own needs first. In fact, he said, Lord, you know, there was a moment in his humanity, he said, Lord, if there's any way that you can take this from me, take it. But then he goes on to say this, he says, Lord, but not my will, but yours be done. Why? Because he saw the legacy that lay on the other side of the cross. He saw you. He saw me. He saw people that aren't aren't even in this building yet. And he said, there's a legacy that lies ahead. And I'm going to deny myself. Why? Because I'm living for tomorrow. I see tomorrow. I see the future. I see those faces. I see those people. And I'm translating that into my moment now. And he says, I will therefore go to the cross. Not angry, by the way. I'm excited. I'm excited. Think, where does Dan get it from? He gets it from me. <laughs> my youngest son says, uh, people often say, Nathan, many of you would know him, and, and he said on my 50th birthday, he says, guys, I just want to clarify that I don't look like my dad. My dad looks like me. <laughs> I love the security of my kids. I don't know why I told you that, but just wanted to break the intensity of the moment. intense. (laughs) Boom, boom. (laughs) You know, we stand on a legacy, but we're also called to gift a legacy. We live in a generation that is all about the immediate, unfortunately. But there's a bigger picture that God wants us to grasp and to understand that we're not just here for the now, but we're here for the future. I hope that this morning you're not just seeing this as a now meeting. I hope that you're seeing this meeting as a future meeting. I hope you understand that as we come together, as we worship and as stuff's going on with our kids and and as the word is being shared and all the various activities that take place over this day, this is not just about now. This is about the future. God is going to be doing things in your heart, in your life, stirring things, challenging you, encouraging you, strengthening you, wherever it is that you might be, because he's got a future for us to inherit. And it's not just about the immediate. We've got to live differently to the way the world lives. The world says it's just about the immediate. It's about how you feel right now. And I've learned that that stuff is full of overpromise. Because I've found the true security comes when you set your heart on legacy, on that legacy destiny that God has for you. When you understand that it's not just about me, but there's a greater future that he has for me. And sometimes it doesn't always make sense, but it always makes sense to God. You know, in 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 2 and 3, the Apostle Paul writes to this church that he had been so integral in its founding and shaping, and he writes to them as a father, and he writes and he says, we always thank God for all of you, and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. I love that because here's Paul speaking to this community of believers, these young Christians, and he says, man, I've been a father to you. I've imparted a legacy into you. He says, but what's so exciting 
is that I'm now seeing you guys in turn beginning to live a legacy life and leave a legacy of other, to others, a legacy of faith, a legacy of hope, a legacy of love. And he commends them and says, that's legacy living right there. How are you going with leaving a legacy of faith, a legacy of hope, a legacy of love? How's that translating in your world, in your spheres? If God was to look upon your life right now, would he be able to commend you as Paul was commending this local church and saying, you've done well. You're leading and living a legacy life. Is the way that you're living your life helping or hindering? Are you living that faith, hope, and love lifestyle that God wants us to live? And I'm hoping as we look at the, what I want to share this morning, that you're going to walk away with some tools and practical things that are going to help you live this legacy life that God wants us to live. So why don't you turn to me to Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to look at a man in the Scriptures who is one of the first legacy builders that we see in the Bible. It's a man called Abraham. Or as we'll see in Genesis chapter 12, his name originally was Abraham. And then God changed it to Abraham. It's one and the same person. But we're going to pick up here in Hebrews chapter 11 where it refers to Abraham. And it says the following in verse 8 through to 12. It says, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Why don't you say Obeyed. No, 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 no. Let's try that again. What not you say obeyed? Obey. She didn't obey me the first time. <laughs> We're not very good as a society when it comes to words like that. We kind of like to skip over them. I come from Canberra. We're not very good at obeying in Canberra. He said he obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents. Why don't you say tents? As did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children, because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sands on the seashore. Why don't you turn me to Genesis chapter 12 and keep your fingers in Hebrews because we're going to come back to that. But I want us to have a look in Genesis, the book of Genesis, where we find Abraham being referred to for the, for the first time. And it says, it's entitled, The Call of Abraham. And so we find this is what God actually had to say over Abraham's life. It says, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. I don't know about you, but if God was to appear to me right now, and you guys just zoned out, and it was just me and God, and God began to speak that kind of promise over my life. I don't know about you, but I would just be absolutely like, whoa! That's amazing! That's incredible! 
God, you're going to bless me. And everyone that comes into contact with me is going to be blessed because of your blessing on me. Wow. God, whoever blesses me will be blessed. Whoever curses me will be cursed. And all people on earth will be blessed through me. No way. And so God speaks this amazing promise over Abraham. And says, yes, Abraham, that's what I've got for you. That's the legacy that I want you to walk in. You see, he never actually saw the fulfillment of that legacy fully. And yet for Abraham, that wasn't the point. He says it wasn't about seeing the fulfillment. It was about living the legacy life. It was about getting the dream that God had and saying, God, I want to live that kind of life. I'm excited by your promises. I'm excited by the future. God, I want to live that kind of life. You know, the Word of God is full of His promises. And when you understand what a legacy life is, you too will want to live like Abraham. If you go and read on in the book of Genesis, you begin to see how the story unfolds and how how Abraham goes on to live this legacy life and it's its ups and its downs and its challenges and he gets it wrong sometimes and he gets it right others. But underpinning it all is this absolute certainty and determination to live a legacy life, to live a life that was so much more than just about himself. To live a life that actually understood was not just about him, but was going to impact not only his generation immediately from him, but generations to come. You might say, well, Matt, that's great. Well, that's awesome, but that's Abraham. That's not me. Oh, no, what I want to say to you, well, I want to turn to the book of Romans, chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. And let's see what this has to say about us with regards to Abraham. It says, effectively, that Abraham is the father of us all. And that we are heirs according to the promise that he's given us. I want you to think about that for a moment. That means that that incredible promise that we read that Abraham got from God, that he will be blessed, that that, that, uh, when people bless him, they will be blessed. When people curse him, they will be cursed. And all people on earth will be blessed through him. That incredible promise. If you are also Abraham's seed, if you are also Abraham's offspring, that means that same promise applies to you. So just when you thought that, oh no, that's fine for Abraham, it's not for me, the Bible says otherwise. The Bible says you are part of that unfolding legacy. You are part of that unfolding promise. You are part of that which I started in the beginning with Abraham. When I spoke it over his life, I saw you. I saw your life. I saw you. And he says, I want you to live in that fullness knowing that it doesn't stop with you. But there are still generations to come. There are still people to come. And I want you to live in that legacy. You see, we can't live just for ourselves. We can't live just for ourselves. We don't have that luxury. Being a Christian isn't selfish. Initially, I might think I just get saved for me. But I quickly begin to discover that it's not just about me. But actually that God wants me to live a legacy life. And that whatever He's done in me is because He wants to do it through me. That whatever he's done within me and his saving work and his amazing grace and his forgiveness and his kindness and all of these things that we've been singing about, and it's because he wants to do it through me. And he wants me to live a legacy life. 
that's far greater than just myself. I think some of us, we've got our sights set far too low. Far too low. I want to encourage you to be a dreamer. I want to encourage you to be an, an Abraham legacy living person. I want you to understand that God wants to bless you and He wants people to be blessed when they come into contact with you. That where you believe the lies that people said, you're just someone, when people come in your life, you're just trouble, that people just get hurt, people just get affected. That is not how Jesus sees you. That is not why Jesus went to the cross for you. We need to rise above that stuff and understand that God wants to bring healing into our lives so that we in turn can actually be the blessing that He wants us to be. He wants you to be part of the legacy destiny that He spoke over Abraham's life. There are people who are not in this church yet that he wants to use you to impact. I want you to look at a chair. There's an empty chair next to you. I want you to look at that chair. And I want you to kind of almost silently have a conversation with God and say, God, let me be part of the legacy of filling that chair. Let me be part of the legacy. Lord, if there's stuff you need to do inside me, do it because I want to be part of the legacy that that chair represents. I'm excited, Dan. I'm pumped. Yeah. Ecstatic. You know, what I love about Abraham is that Abraham was an echo of the promise that God had given him. Abraham lived his life echoing what he heard God say. You and I are called to be an echo. You know, I've got friends, we've got guys in our church who are Fantastic fishermen. You ask them a story, it's always going to be a fishing story. You always, they always got you know, something to tell you about fishing and all this kind of stuff. And, and, so, uh, and, and, and I was speaking to the, the earlier congregation. I said to them, I said, I've got a secret confession I need to make. And my secret confession is that I like documentaries. And the kind of documentaries that I like are fishing document, documentaries for some reason. I like watching programs like River Monsters. Has anyone watched River Monsters? Who likes River Monsters? Yeah, there's some hands out there. Yeah, thanks, Andre. Yeah, guys, Dave. River Monsters. Man, you need to get educated and watch River Monsters. Kind of appeals to the man inside of me. River Monsters. And, and, and there's another program called Tuna Wars. Doesn't sound as exciting as River Monsters, but I still watch it. I'm confessing it. I'm getting it out there. I feel so much better just sharing with you guys. But here's the thing, and the reason why I'm telling you this is that they use a thing called an echo sounder. Isn't that good? Did it? It worked, it worked again. Just I said, preaching tricks, eh? Get people laughing, and then you bring the point, and everyone's like, ooh. <laughs> echo sounder, whoa, that's amazing. The echo sounder. The echo sounder, what's that? Echo sounder is this little instrument that, that, that they have on a boat that sends out a signal. And it, it emits, emits a sound pulse and they send it down and it says they, they measure the time that it takes to come back and be registered by the echo sounder. And the time that it takes, they can actually work out the accurate depth of the seabed. Or they can work out if there's a big school of fish or a big tuna fish or whatever it is, they can accurately predict where it is. You see, they don't have to head their, have their head in the water with goggles on trying to see where the seabed is and where the fish are. They just trust the echo. They just trust the echo. 
Abraham trusted the echo. He was the echo. He knew that the echo was what was going to keep him safe. He knew that the echo was where there was fruitfulness. He knew that the echo could be trusted. And we are called to be an echo of the promises that God has given us. He's called you to live an echoing life, a life of legacy. He wants you to echo Him. So the question to us this morning is what are you echoing? Who are you echoing? If people were to listen to your words and look at your life, what would the echo say? Here's the thing about the echo sounder. It's got to be used properly. And so the first thing that I want to speak, I want to speak about four things this morning. And the first thing that I want to speak about is this, out of the life of Abraham from Hebrews chapter 11. So if you're there, flick back because you're going to, kind of pick out these points out of that text. But the first thing about living a legacy life that we see from Abraham and being this echo is that Abraham heard God's call. Abraham heard the call of God. It's very hard for you to live a life beyond yourself and live this legacy life if you actually haven't heard God's call. And here's the thing with the call of God. God's call is not something that you hear once. Because if you look through the scriptures, God over and over and over again just reaffirmed to Abraham what his call was. And he didn't just do it with Abraham, he does it through generation and generation and generation and generation and generation. He just keeps on reminding us of the promises of God because here's the thing, God does not change. God is the same yesterday, today and forever and we can trust what he says. He hasn't changed his mind on things. He doesn't shift like the sands. He is a God who can be trusted. And so what he promises, he says, hear my call. Because when you hear my call, that's going to enable you to live a legacy life. It was the call of God that got Abraham to get up and go. It was God's call that caused him to change his life. You know, the thing about an echo sounder is that if you take an echo sounder and point it to the sky, it's totally useless. Because it wasn't designed for that purpose. You and I are not designed just for arbitrary purposes. God had a specific purpose in mind for you. He's got a specific purpose in mind for me. And the time when the echo sounder works is when you use it for what it was designed for. And God has designed you to to leave an echo. God wants you to live a legacy life. That's His purpose for you. And so we need to make sure that that we're using our lives the way that God would intend us to use them. You know, hearing God's call is not about you having all the answers up front. Abraham didn't know all the details about what God was wanting of him. He just knew that God had a promise and he knew that God said go. And so Abraham said, that's good enough for me. Now here's the thing, and I'm amazed in churches how people often kind of say, well, the leaders, they they, they need to have all the answers before we do anything. Said who? said, you, Abraham, didn't have all the answers. But he heard the call of God. He trusted the call of God. He trusted God's character. He trusted God's promises, and he set out. And I'm sure there were probably people in his family who were questioning and doubting and this, but you know what? They followed. (laughs) They sorted out. They got me. I said, okay, we're, we're trusting you, and they went. That's a legacy life right there. Sometimes we've got to push aside some of those voices. And say, God, we're trusting you. 
We're believing for you. I know this year it's reach and reproduce. Isn't that, isn't that your vision for this year? The leadership and Tony Cat, they've spoken about that, spoken about that's your vision for this year. You know what? You've got to trust. You've got to follow. And you've got to lead and live that legacy life. Hear the call of God. Hear what God is calling this church to. Hear, God, hear what God is calling you to as part of the outworking of that call to this church. And don't worry about all the details. Just set out and just say, God, I'm going to do whatever's needed, whatever's required to help that come to pass. I'm trusting you. I'm live, leading a legacy life. The second thing that we see is that Abraham knew where his home was. Abraham knew where his home was. It says in verse 9, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents. Why don't you say tents? As did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs of him of the same promise. Don't you love that little text in there? It says Isaac and Jacob were heirs of him of the same promise. God spoke to Abraham. God didn't speak to Isaac and Jacob. God spoke to Abraham. But it says here in this text that Isaac and Jacob, they were also heirs of that same promise. You are also an heir. The same promise applies to you. So let's stop disqualifying ourselves or settling for less. But Abraham lived in a tent. If you're wondering why there's tents here, this is why. He lived in a tent. And what I love about a tent is that a tent is not a building. I'm not talking about physical structures right now. I'm talking about the way you live your life. I'm talking about a mentality. I'm talking about a spirit that you have. I'm talking about being those that don't kind of just lock yourself down into where you are and bed yourself in. But you actually have a spirit that's got a tent mentality about it. Because a tent can be erected and taken down really easily. You saw how easily that this came up onto the stage. And watch how it disappears at the end of the service. It's amazing. The other thing about this, this, uh, this tent is that it's movable. I can move it very easily over here. I can move it over here. I can take it to the other side. A tent can be moved very easily. Some of us are too immovable <laughs> when it comes to the things of God. Some people say, man, isn't it great? You're doing great things in Canberra, all that kind of stuff. I say, yes, it is great. But how many of you know that if we hadn't have moved, <laughs> not just physically, but spiritually, I remember sitting down in a meeting with our family and our kids when they were young because we were, we were great believers in involving our kids on the, on, the, on the God journey that we're on. And we sat with them. I remember clearly we're sitting in our lounge in Modbury North. And, uh, and, and it was an emotional time because we loved being part of this church. And uh, Dan and Ashori weren't an item yet. And, uh, but I think she secretly liked you, Dan. I think so. Secretly. But anyway, so they went out. I remember sitting in a lounge. We were just sharing what we felt God say about going to go play in the church and Canberra and all that kind of thing. And then it was such a cool moment. I remember our kids sitting there and, 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 uh, and, and how these guys came. And Dan, I remember him coming. And he said, Dad, he said, I was just reading in my Bible. I don't know if you, even if you remember this. But he says, I just remember in my Bible, reading my Bible. And I felt like God speak to me. And he says, we're meant to go to Canberra. Uh, how, old was, how old was Dan at that age? Nine, nine years old. See, legacy. 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 Having a tent mentality. 
leaving behind friends, all that kind of stuff. Sometimes God requires that of you. Most of you, He may not require of you to do that, but some of you, He might. But see, whether you go or not, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we've got to stop living in our monuments. We've got to stop living in our hotels. We've got to stop living in our warehouses. And we've got to start living in a tent. Because here's the thing about a tent. You can't accumulate too much stuff. Some of us have got too much stuff going on in our lives. And it's stopping us from living a legacy life. You need to get rid of some of the stuff. Some of the stuff that has no eternal significance, no eternal value. We've got to get rid of the stuff. There's relationships, perhaps even jobs, whatever it might be, things that are just holding us back. Abraham lived in a tent. How are you living? Where's your home? Third thing that we see about Abraham is that Abraham lived with the future in mind. Abraham lived a future in mind. We're talking about how do you live a legacy life. Verse 10 of Hebrews 11 says, For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. I love that, a legacy life. Looking forward. Where? To the future. I think we spend too much time looking backwards. A legacy that went before us should not be idolized. I don't idolize the legacy I received from my dad. There's certain things that are good. There's certain things that aren't good. I don't idolize them. I value the ones that are good. I get rid of the ones that were were not helpful. But I don't idolize it. I build on that legacy. But I look forward I look to the future. I love the fact that God could take me a sinner with a, not having grown up in a church family and having made mistakes and done all kinds of ridiculous things. And yet he chose me to say, man, I want you to be a preacher of my word. I want you to be a pastor. And I remember at first when I heard that the first time I said, it cannot be. No way can you do that for me. Too much water under the bridge. No way. But the problem was, I was looking back. And God doesn't remember us according to our sins, but according to His unfailing love. He looks at us and He says, man, I know all that stuff, Matt, but I'm looking forward. I'm looking at the future. I see what lies ahead. I see a legacy. You're part of this Abraham legacy. There's there's people who are going to be blessed through you. You're going to be a blessing to many people in many nations. You've got to start getting on about the future, Matt. Stop living in the past. And I believe that's a word for some of us here today, right now. You've been living in the past. You've been guilty of living in the past. You're thinking about how things were and what it used to be like and and, and what what happened and and, and in your life back then and and you're stuck in the past. And this morning, I believe God just wants to break you out of that and get you to start looking forward to say, man, it's a legacy. Build for the future. Don't live in the past. Get rid of that monument to the past. Don't idolize the past. Celebrate the past. Build on the past. But don't idolize the past because the future is always better than the past. I don't think you heard me. The future is always better than the past. I still think some of you didn't hear me. The future is always better than the past. Jesus said, for the joy set before Him, He endured the shame of the cross for the joy 
The worship team can come up. This is my fourth point. You need to come tonight. I've got a word for you tonight, man. <laughs> I am more excited tonight if that's possible. No, we're going to have fun tonight. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go for it. So six o'clock tonight, don't, don't be late. So I'm going to be here. The fourth thing that we see about Abraham is this, is that Abraham lived with an activated faith. Abraham heard God's call. Abraham knew where his home was. Abraham lived with a future in mind, but Abraham also lived with an activated faith. Verse 11 says, By faith Abraham, even though he was past age, and Sarah was herself barren, was unable to become a father because he considered him faithful who made the promise. What do you see? What do you see? Abraham and Sarah looked at themselves and they heard God's promise that it would be a blessing to nations, but then they looked at their reality and they said, but we're old and wrinkled. Things don't work the way they used to. Sarah was beyond childbearing age. They're both probably looking at each other's wrinkles and saying, you're not as attractive to me as you were. And yet God had promised. And they acknowledged that. They said, yeah, yeah, we see the reality, but they chose not to dismiss God's promises based on their reality. But they chose to say, God, we're going to trust you. If you've spoken it, even though we look at our reality and it looks far off, we're going to trust you. Why? Because we're living a legacy life. And so Abraham and Sarah had to do something they probably hadn't done for a long time. They had to jump into bed together and they had to have sex. (laughs) Theirs was not the immaculate conception. There was only one of those. That was Jesus. But they had to activate their faith. I I love that illustration because we sometimes sanitize the Bible. (laughs) But when you think about it, begin to realize they had to do something. It wasn't just words. It wasn't just a prayer. It wasn't just positive thinking. There was action that actually had to happen. They had to activate their faith in order to walk in the legacy promise that God had given them. And I believe this morning that there's people here that you need to activate your faith. There's promises. You know God has spoken over your life. There's things that you've heard. You've heard the preaching from this pulpit and you've been debating and you've been thinking about how, should I, when, what, and you've had this ongoing discussion. You've sat with leaders. You've been fighting and all this kind of stuff. And this morning, God wants to say, I want you to activate your faith this morning. I want you to activate your faith to begin to start living that legacy life. I want you to activate your faith and begin to look beyond just what you see in the natural. Because I don't want you to see in the natural. I want you to see in my spirit. I want you to see it here, not here. What do you see when you look around this auditorium? What do you see? What do you see? I see four walls. I hope you don't see walls. I hope you see through the walls. You're going to see a community, a city of people out there that don't know Jesus. I hope when you see that thing for kid go, that you don't think, oh, just a babysitting facility. I hope that you see families being transformed with the love of Jesus. 
I hope you see destinies unfolding as we reach out to those kids and those families through what takes place in that program. What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? Abraham activated his faith. Romans 4 verse 18 to 22 says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And so became the father of many nations. What enabled him to live a legacy life? It was his faith. He believed. Verse 20 says, He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Listen to this. Being fully persuaded. Being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what He had promised. See, this isn't about me. This is about God. He's the one who spoke the promise to Abraham. You will be a blessing. All people on earth will be blessed through you. And then he goes on to say in the New Testament, Matt, you're part, you're an heir. You're part of Abraham's seed. And he says, Matt, this isn't dependent on you. This is actually about me. All you've got to do is align your life and begin to say, God, I want to live that legacy life. And he says, watch what I do through you. Activate your faith this morning. Hear the call of God. Know where your home is. Live with the future in mind. And live with an activated faith. God's promises can be trusted. They are promises of healing. They are promises of deliverance. They are promises of a breakthrough and a better future. They are promises of blessing and favour. They are promises of salvations and forgiveness and restoration. They are promises of provision and destiny, of generational impact, of miracles and signs and wonders, and of Him turning mourning into dancing and taking the cloaks of heaviness and bringing a garment of praise. And I could go on and on and on. The Word of God is full of these incredible legacy promises. And His Word to us this morning is, Church, will you activate your faith? Will you live that legacy life? Will you live beyond yourself and begin to understand it's not just about you, but it's about those to come. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.